0: Welcome to our DSM Hollywood podcast series. The following is an excerpt from Dr. Daniel Schurstad's weekly online Bible study for those in the entertainment industry, along with those who have a passion to see the kingdom of God revealed in Hollywood. For more information about DSM Hollywood, including upcoming events and how to join in on our Bible studies, please visit www.dsmhollywood.com. We're so glad you have tuned in and we're grateful for the privilege to help you grow in your holy calling in Christ Jesus. Before you listen, I encourage you to grab your Bible and set your heart in expectancy to receive from the Lord, knowing that His heart is free to grow in knowing Him and to grow in walking with Him. We have to be Word-directed and Holy Spirit-led. You know what I'm saying? Uh, being governed by laws, and you need to know the laws of the kingdom of God. But if there's no presence, it's like being in a kingdom without a king. And there's no there's no purpose to it. It just everything goes wild, kind of thing. There's no control whatsoever. So, but I want to the power, the presence. I want to talk tonight about um, the power, understanding the power that comes to you through faith. Uh, when you understand that you're in the right place at the right time. You know, Jesus said, um, I don't do anything. I don't go anywhere, and I don't say anything unless the Holy Spirit reveals that to me, that I'm supposed to go to this place, and I'm supposed to go there at that time, and I'm supposed to be in this location on this day at this time, and uh, there are, Stories where Jesus would hold himself back because it was the right place, but it wasn't the right time, and uh, and so it's so important that we understand the power. Yes, our faith. Because I want, I want, I want you to understand faith. The power of faith manifest in your life to change your circumstances when the will of God is known. Let me say that again. The power of faith manifests in your life at a whole other level where the will of God is known. First, our faith is tied to God. It's tied to his word. But if, you, if your faith, I'm telling you right now, when you know that you're in the right place, your faith will operate at a whole other level doesn't matter what takes place. I'm just going to tie in what my wife just said here tonight because it doesn't matter. That's why Jesus walked in perfect peace all the time. It didn't matter. It had nothing to do with circumstances and have nothing to do with what week, what time, what day, who was coming, who liked him, who didn't like him, what kind of demons were manifesting, whatever the case may be. He had nothing. It had nothing to do with him walking in perfect peace every single day because he knew See, there is no such thing. Your faith produces the power of peace uh, in your life. Everything comes from faith. We, don't, we, we walk by faith. We don't walk by peace. We walk by faith. Peace is the outcome of walking by faith. Come on now. And your faith only has one target, and that's pleasing God. Let me say that again. Faith, your faith only has one target, and that's pleasing God. Hebrews eleven six 6, and part of pleasing God is being in the right place at the right time and being in the place that he wants you to be. And so it's so important in obeying that and because when you know, when you're not guessing, when you're not hoping, when you know that you're in the right place, say, I know that I'm in the right place at the right time. I just know. I don't. I'm not. I'm not hoping on my. I hope I'm. hoping hope you know the Lord's okay with me being in L.A. No, I don't walk that way. I know. I know that it's the will of God for me to be in Hollywood, to be in L.A., to be in Southern California, to be in this building here tonight. I know it so I walk with that kind of level of confidence I know I walk wherever God calls me to go. When I go we, we travel all over the country, all over the world and uh, and so just to illustrate, just to illustrate last week we were doing a conference in the state of Illinois and we were there on Tuesday morning, Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, Wednesday night, Thursday morning, Thursday night, Friday, night, Friday morning, Friday night and Sunday morning, okay? So we're there all week all of these all of these meetings like I said, what is that That's like almost 10 meetings right there. And I I ministered at most of those meetings right there, and Sue ministered at one of them. She did an awesome job, absolutely awesome, off-the-hook job. I mean, these were like seasoned leaders from around the world that were in this conference. These are are seasoned uh, minister leaders, pastors, apostle, five-fold ministry gifts that were there from all over the world that were very well-connected. To uh, global leaders, like personal friends with global leaders, kind of thing, and uh, and so uh, and they've been ministering alongside of these global leaders for decades, and so we had the opportunity to minister. <laughs> uh, let me tell you something. Uh, when the, the the leader of this of this uh, conference got up and said. Then you're going to understand who is at this conference. Can I, I'm just trying to, trying to explain to you who, what kind of people are at this conference. They said to him, Why are you bringing this guy in from California? Who is this guy? We never heard of this guy. And they said, Well, he said, Well, first of all, uh, don't matter whether you heard about, heard about him or not, the reality is I'm bringing him in because God told me to bring this man and this woman of God into this conference to speak into your lives and to prophesy into your lives. Now, here's the reality was, okay, a year ago, this man called me up and asked me to come to that conference, and I didn't have peace about doing that conference last year. Okay, I want you to understand, I want you to understand, this conference was life-changing, not only for everybody who attended, but for me and Sue. Uh, I knew that this, this conference was going to be such a blessing to us. I just knew that. And I knew that last year. I knew that there was an absolute incredible blessing tied to these people. Uh, And yet I did not have peace about going and speaking at that conference last year. So uh, even though I knew what these people had, I knew what kind of blessing would come our way, I just knew it. I still turned down the opportunity last year because I did not have peace about being in that place at that time. Are you following me now? So important. But this year, he called, asked me to come again. And I said, now I felt peace in my spirit to go to this conference that we were at last week. And uh, we ministered at that conference. And I'm telling you right now, it was probably the most powerful. I've been to some conferences where, like, there's been five, ten thousand 10,000 people in the conference. This was not that kind of conference. In fact, it's designed not to be that kind of conference because mm, the reality is most of those people in that conference don't even get ministered to. Yeah, that's right. <coughs> that's right. That's right. That's the truth right there. Uh, no, don't, don't shout me down. Okay? And... Uh, because I'm telling you the truth here. Uh, But when you go to this kind of a conference, it, it creates a setting where people can really be ministered to and they can really, really connect. Yeah, yeah. You go to a, come on. You go to those big conferences. You can't really connect with anybody. But when you're in a when you're in a, this kind of conference, there is it's designed for that. It's designed to to really build relationships. How I many say said the kingdom of God is all about building relationships. First with Jesus, then with everybody else, kind of thing. But when you slip into a place late and leave early, you can't. You don't build up relationships by looking at some, the back of somebody's head. Come on now, uh, you got to actually have intentional uh, action that takes place to build a relationship with somebody. So, uh, so I'm in that. We're in this conference, and literally, I'm done. We received a, a prophetic word that was life changing, and uh, prophesying over every pastor. Oh, in, in that place right there, and by the by the by the, I'm talking about people that I sat with, ministered with, sat next to, ate dinner with, people that for decades set up crusades for people like Or Roberts, Morris Cirillo. What's that lady's name? The other lady, that that teacher, if her name slips my mind. get Marilyn Hickey. Uh, he set up conferences for these people for decades all over the world. I prophesied to that man. He's like, I put my hand, Pastor Tim, I put my hand on him. He told me afterwards, he said, oh, my God. He said, listen, this this man better know how to hear from God. Because because uh, he says, I don't let anybody lay hands on me. And so when I didn't even ask for permission to lay my hands on him, I just did it. I began to prophesy some things over his life that, man, got his attention and started giving him some specific things that he was just talking with the Lord two hours earlier. Come on now. Are you listening to me? And when he said, oh, my. So we're talking about these kind of things. And so by the time we left, not only were we blessed, but doors were opened up. This man said, whenever you're ready, he says, you come, you let me know. I'm going to open up the door for you in Cuba. So we're gonna we're on our way to Cuba. Are you listening to me? And then we're oh yeah, yeah, that's right. I heard you that's right, I said Cuba. Come on now. Come on, I'm, I'm talking about a communist state. Come on now, we're going in there and bringing the gospel there with power and unction and signs and wonders. This nation of Ireland was opened up to us when we were there. There were some pastors, some significant pastors from the, the country of Ireland that, that were there, and uh, I mm, became, prophesied over them. They were the first people I prophesied over them on a Tuesday night there. And then on Sunday afternoon, I sat next to them and ate, ate dinner and, uh, with him, and uh, he was. Uh, he said, you let me know now. He said, I'm looking forward to you coming to Ireland and ministering at our pastor's conference there next year. And so uh, <clears> there's <throat> just a couple of things that took place. I'm trying to illustrate all of this is the outcome of understanding how to be at the right place at the right time. And when you know that there's a peace on you, then your faith can be attached to that place. Yes, first and foremost, let me say it again. Don't don't misunderstand me now. Your faith is attached to God, then his word. But when God chooses a place for you, now when you're in the place that he chose, now your faith can begin to explode to a whole nother level. This message was birthed out of my heart uh, about two and a half weeks ago when I was in the state of Arizona, and I just got done ministering at a church, me and Sue, and then uh, we were out to lunch with the pastors, and they, we were there, and we were getting ready. We we're going to go back Sunday night and minister there again, kind of thing. So this is Sunday afternoon. So we're sitting at this restaurant, and this pastor begins to relay a, a story that just happened, a testimony that just happened. And he said, listen, I have a friend of mine who's from Texas, but he's a missionary in Europe. I forget what nation it was. I, th- I think it was Croatia. I think it was Croatia. He was a missionary in Croatia. And uh, and so he's over there in Croatia with his family, and he heard the Holy Spirit say, I want you to get up, and I want you to take that bullet train over to in London, England. and Because uh, you can go from Europe one within a matter of hours. You can be in any nation in Europe kind of thing. And uh, and uh, so uh, he did that, and he said, "I want you to go to the house that Smith Wigglesworth used to live in." How many know who Smith Wigglesworth is? Like a powerful man of God back in like the uh, the 40s and the 50s and stuff like that. Just absolute incredible. I don't know how many people he raised from the dead. Uh, just I mean, all documented medically. Um, absolute signs, wonders, incredible man of God. And this man, before he got, his, his wife was the pastor of the church before he even got born again. And he didn't get born again until he was in, when he was in middle age, and he had, didn't even know how to read or write. He learned how to read by reading the Bible. And then he never read anything else but the Bible. He wouldn't let 15 minutes of his life go by without reading something out of the Bible. He had a Bible right here in his pocket, a little Bible right there, right in his pocket. Every 15 minutes, he'd pull it out, and he would read something out of the Word of God, and it would be quickened by the Holy Spirit. He lived his life, all this kind of faith. Faith comes by hearing the Word, and the Word comes by mm, developing hearing error through the Word of God. And so this man had this incredible faith, right? So now this missionary to Croatia is in Bradford, England. That's where the, that's where his house was, and the church that the pastor was just not very far from there either. And so um, he goes to the church. He goes. Excuse me. He goes to the house, and he stands out there in front of the house there. And he, I, I, if I remember the story correctly, he rang the doorbell. Nobody answered, and so he just kind of stood out there for like two hours, waiting for war somebody to come or something that happened because he heard the Holy Spirit say, I want you to go to that place. I'm talking about the power of a place. And when he went to that place, after two hours, he began to walk away from that place. And he heard the Holy Spirit say to him, where in the world do you think you're going? I thought I told you to go to that place. And until I tell you to leave that place, you stay in that place. I'm talking about uh, understanding how to be obedient to God, no matter what the price is that you got to pay for. So we went back to that place and stood right there on the sidewalk in front of that that uh, Smith Wigglesworth home that he lived in many years ago. And uh, after I don't know how I don't know how much time passed, but after a certain amount of time, um, somebody finally came out of the house. They saw him standing out there for like three hours, and uh, they came out of the house and uh, they asked you know what he was doing just standing there so he began to tell the story of who he was and what he did for the kingdom of god and who smith wigglesworth and absolute the signs the wonders the miracles and that this was the house that he lived in and uh, and so after sharing a little bit this person asked him to come asked him if he was, wanted to come into the house so now he's in the house that smith wigglesworth lived in and the the people that are living in this house are muslims Full-blown Muslims. They they, they don't believe in Jesus, not even close to believing in Jesus. And and so, but he's in there, and he's telling all of the stories, all of the miracles, all of the signs of the wonder. Listen, there's something. Listen, when something takes place, something takes place in a place, it's no longer just a space. It's a place. A space is something that exists until something takes place. And then it no longer is a space. That's why Jesus, the Bible said that Jesus went every single morning to the place of prayer. Why? There wasn't just a space because something happened in that place every morning. Are you, are you following me? So you've got to go to the place. And, uh, and so uh, when something either happens that is sustained or is extremely, either it can be violent or something that was extremely good, but when it takes place, there will be a residual effect of what happened in that place throughout time, and if you're sensitive to, to that, you can step into that place and feel what took place? You can actually feel mm, whether it is something diabolical or something godly. You can feel it when you step into the place. This is reality, and I, I don't got time to. But it's all in the Bible, and uh, and so he stepped. He's telling you about all the miracles, the signs, and the wonders. And so one of the family members says, "Can you, can you do that kind of magic?" That's what they said, Pastor Tim. They said they didn't call it miracles. The Muslims call it magic. They call it magic. They said, can you do those magic things kind of thing? And when you know who you are, because it isn't about Smith Wigglesworth. it's about knowing who you are in Christ and that you carry the same kind of authority that Christ carried. Because he said all authority, and if he has all authority, then the devil, his kingdom, has no authority. And therefore, when he said, uh, I need to remind you before I ascend into heaven that all authority in all of the universes has been given unto me, now I give all of that to you, my body here on the earth. What to God that the body of Christ really understood. The authority that they carry as a believer, my God, they would change. your life would be different. I'm telling you right now, your life would go to a whole other level. Things would just be mm, taking place left or right, just like in the life of Jesus, and, uh, and that's the way it's supposed to be. That's why Jesus said, "Listen, I, I need to go away because somebody who is exactly like me, he's invisible, but it is the Holy Spirit, which the Bible refers to as the Spirit of Jesus Himself, is going to come and live not just." On you, but live in you, and it's going to live in every believer on the planet. Come on now, thereby, by virtue of all of that, you're all going to be able to do greater <clears throat> works than I ever did. And so, um, that's the will of God, the intention of God. So He understood that. So they brought out, uh, they brought out a uh, a mother that was in the wheelchair, and he prayed and took authority over what was happening in that wheelchair and pulled her up out of that wheelchair and she started walking, come on now, in Jesus' name. Uh, Now they got the Muslims' attention now, come on now, because their God, come on, the God of this, this, this missionary is more powerful than the God that they serve. And so now they said, oh, my goodness, now they brought out from the back room their daughter that was totally blind from birth. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Now they're standing. They're standing in. Is a blind or deaf? I think it was deaf, right? Deaf, deaf. It was deaf, and uh, and so uh, she's totally deaf, hasn't heard. And so now she's standing in front of the, in the fireplace. The, there's a picture of, of Smith Woodward standing in that fire in front of that fireplace with his daughter, and I've seen that picture myself. And so this is that same fireplace that is still in existence today, and uh, so this deaf daughter is standing in front of that fireplace, and he. Literally takes authority over this diabolical spirit of deafness and commands that thing to release this Muslim girl and she's instantaneously healed in Jesus' name. Now, come on now. Now you know, you know. Now the whole Muslim family is coming into the kingdom. Come on now, they're all, mm, come on now, falling in love with Jesus right there, right then, all because one man heard the voice of the Holy Spirit, obeyed God, took the bullet train to Bradford, England, and stayed in the place. Come on now, until God says it's time to leave this place. I'm talking about the power of being in the right place at the right time here tonight. And so um, and so they, they said to him, they said, listen, we want to sell this house. Would you like to buy this house? Come on now, from us. And uh and so he said, Well, you know, he really wasn't Interested in buying that house kind of thing. But what he did was that Sunday morning, which happened to be Easter Sunday morning of this of uh, 2022, he was over there. He went to Smith Wigglesworth Church that is still in existence, and the granddaughter of Smith Wigglesworth was preaching that morning in that church. And so he they went, and he heard her preach, and then he got to, to meet the granddaughter of Smith Wigglesworth after church, <clears throat> and then he told his whole experience what took place. Um, I don't know if it was the day before, a couple days before kind of thing. And, uh, and so, uh, and then told her that that house was going to be for sale. It was just, and then he went back home. and Then he was coming back, which was last week. Came back last week, and they were going to go visit him and the granddaughter of Smith Wigglesworth. We're going to go visit this Muslim family and see what could be done. About purchasing that house. I did, this whole thing I'm talking about, that minute, what I'm talking about here tonight, was birthed out of listening to that story right there. There's a man of God by the name of Lester Summerall. I don't know if you ever heard of him. Lester Summerall had a global ministry. And his ministry uh, is based out of, he has passed on, gone with the Lord. In fact, Lester Summerall was friends with Smith Wigglesworth he was a young man at the time but smith Wigglesworth uh, took this young man by the side of the head prayed over him and began to prophesy over him and then weep he wept over him and his tears fell off his face and fell on the top of the head of lester summerall and uh, he started a ministry a church that has now a global had then and still does to this day a global outreach and it was in South Bend, Indiana. The reason I bring that up, because, it, because he is like the mantle that was on Smith Williamsworth was released to Lester Summerall. And I remember Lester Summerall talking about that he would have great men of God come to him and say to him, why are you, why are you in South Bend, Indiana? South Bend, Indiana only is about 90 minutes from the city of Chicago. And, uh, and so why, didn't, why don't you go to Chicago? There's, it's so much bigger. There's so much more opportunity. There's so much more people. And he would say, they said, you should go there or you should go to L.A. or New York. you got that kind of ministry. You should be in one of these big metropolitan cities kind of thing. And he would say to them over and over and over again, he said, the reason I'm not going there, and I haven't and I will not, is because God said South Indiana is now your place. So he stayed there for literally decades upon decades, his whole life right there. And he reached the world from South Bend. Indiana here's the good news with today's technology it doesn't matter what place God puts you in you can still reach the world come on right from whatever the place you are at kind of thing and so I I mean up until us moving here five years ago from from uh, Milwaukee area kind of things in McGuanago Wisconsin and uh, coming here out of obedience to God said there's a place that I have for you in Southern California and we didn't know what it was where it was but we just left I planted a church there we were there for ten years it was very hard for us to give all that up, but we, out of obedience to God, God says, I got a place for you in Southern California, so we gave it all up and moved here to Southern California five years ago, a little over five years ago now, and uh, and so uh, I remember when up until us, this is after 37 years of full-time ministry, the first time that I'm in a big city. Now, I grew up in New York City. My wife grew up in a farmer. She's a farmer's daughter. She grew up in a cornfield. And uh, and so uh, I never saw a cornfield unless it was on TV. There is no cornfields where I grew up in New York City. It was like wall-to-wall people, wall-to-wall buildings. And uh, and so I never saw my whole life. I've never seen anything like that kind of thing. And I met her in a church that was in the middle of a cornfield. And I remember, oh, my God, who builds churches out in the middle of the cornfield? Uh, that, that that movie with Kevin Costner, man, you build it, I will come, come on, whatever it was, man. You build it, out, Man, that's what I was like, man, these people must mm, believe in the field of dreams here. And you couldn't see that church unless you were, during harvest time, you'd be coming in by helicopter. That's the only way you could see that. that thing was buried in the cornfield. And I was like, man, who in their right mind builds a church out in the middle of a cornfield? Man, these people done lost their mind. And um, and I did not know, but I went there out of obedience to God, I did not know that this wonderful young lady here, who's now 66 years old, that was thirty, almost 30 years ago, was in that place, had a prophetic word that God said to her, said, if you'll stay faithful to this place, come on now, this little church in the middle of the cornfield, I will bring your husband right to you. And I was in New York City when she got that that prophetic word. God orchestrated my steps from New York City. Come on now. That's right, all the way to some town called Harmon, Illinois. This town, this church wasn't even in the town. It was in the township. It was five and a half miles outside of a town that only had 250 people in it. I'm talking about, come on now, their zip code was E-I-E-I-O. You know what I'm saying? This place was out in the middle of nowhere. Oh, my God. Come on. I was like, I sat in the parking lot. I remember that morning with my friend. I said, oh, my God, I'm going to have a chat with the guy who sent me to this place. I don't know what the heck he was thinking. Oh, look at this. This is the third week in January of 1992. The snow's coming down. The fields are barren. And I'm like, oh, my God, I suppose we should have a word of prayer just in case God might Want to do something in this godforsaken church out here. And that was my, I literally said that right before I prayed. I'm like, I'm sure the Lord was laughing at me, kind of thing. But man, who, you know, who, who prays like that, right? But I had no idea that I was in the right place at the right time. I was there, even though I didn't understand it. I was at the right place, and my whole life changed. Uh, come on, just out of raw obedience to being in the right place at the right time. And our whole life has changed. Our whole ministry team's lives have changed radically. Yeah. Has it been easy? No. The first three years of being out here has been, was, like, was like hell on steroids. You know what I'm saying? It was like every, every bad thing that could happen, happened, one after another. But here we are five years later, and uh, when God gave us a prophetic word to start a ministry in Hollywood two years ago, a little over two years ago, and uh, we, just, we just started moving by faith. Come on now, because I understand if you're not in the right place, you can't have faith. If you're not in the right place, if you don't have the confidence that you're in the right place, I'm telling you right now, your faith will never have the power that it needs to have to change your circumstances. And so, you got to be in that place, and then you got to love that place. You can't be sitting around thinking about leaving the place. You got to love the place. The reason a lot of churches don't impact their cities because they don't really love their city, they don't really love their community because they're always talking about leaving. Yeah. I'm yeah, just telling you the truth tonight. Come on now. All right, come on. Nobody's leaving until I'm done. All right. I don't care how upset you get. And, uh, and so I'm just talking about the power of being in the right place. Let me read you a, a scripture here in Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12, talking about Abraham. It says here in verse 1 it says, Now in Haran the Lord said to Abram, Go for yourself and for your own advantage away from this country. So he was in the wrong country. Here's the the thing I will never, I will never, ever forget. I remember hearing Lester Summerall say this. He said, listen, here's the, the mistake that a lot of people make. They think because they were successful in one place that they can be successful in any place. Wrong. You're you're living under the spirit of delusion. You will not really move into the fullness of that which God has planned for your life until you're in the right place, in the right country. Come on, in the right city, in the right with the right kind of people, kind of thing, and connected to the right kind of ministry, even. And so, go with. He said, "You're in the wrong country, Abraham. You need to get out of your country. Move away from your country." Get out of it, and then move away from your relatives and your father's house. So he was in the wrong country. He was in the wrong house to the land. He was in the wrong state. Come on now. In the land which I will show you, in the place that I will show you, and I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you with an abundance of an increase of favors in that place. And I will make you famous in that place. And I will distinguish you in that place. And you will be a blessing in that place, dispensing blessing to other people. And I will bless those who come and bless you because you're in the right place. Place, and I will confer prosperity and happiness upon you, Abraham, because you're in the right place. And those who don't bless you, those who curse you, I will curse them and curse, I will curse them. But if they will bless you, all of the families of all of the earth will be blessed, and by as because they're blessing you, and when they bless you, they will in turn bless. By doing that, they automatically bless themselves. And it says here in Genesis 13:2. Now Abraham was extremely rich with silver and gold, all because not because not because Abraham was perfect. He made a lot of mistakes. This guy was even throwing his wife under the bus to save his life. Come on now. You listen to me. So he wasn't I mean, When I talk about being a good husband, I don't, I don't use Abraham. Come on now. Uh, so he's like he's willing to give up his own wife to save his own skin. But even, I want you to see this, because he was committed to being in the right place, even when he did that, God supernaturally, come on, spoke to that king in the middle of the night and said, if you touch that man's wife, I'll personally kill you. Come on now. So even though he literally lied, come on now, and did something that was totally contrary to the character of God, God stepped in because he was in the right place, and God is a covenant-keeping God. And you can know that your faith in the covenant of God will begin to manifest blessing over your life when you know that you're in the right place. So you got to be in that place right there. Come on now. That place, right? That place, that place. This is the this is God's divine order. Now I want you to know. He said, "Well, I thought God can just bless me any old place I go to." Now you don't. You, what? You, what? You, if you're saying that or you're thinking that, you're missing what I'm trying to say here tonight. Because yes, God is every place, and He owns all of the places. But when He chooses a place for you, you must. Honor that place. If you don't honor that place, you're dishonoring the place, and by virtue of that, you're dishonoring him because that's his place that he intentionally chose for you. Uh, It's called divine order. Uh, The Bible says in Genesis chapter 1, verse 9, it says that when all of the waters got into their right place. Then the dry land appeared. It's, again, right from the very beginning, God is establishing divine order. Everything has a place. And he said that which is already there, because the the land was already there, nobody could see it, and it did not arise and manifest into the natural for everybody to see it until every, all of the waters were in one place. When God created Adam and Eve, he created them a place. He owns all the places. But he created this garden, and he didn't just throw it together. He planted this garden eastward of the city called Eden, and he said, I'm going to put you in that place, and this is the place I have chosen for you. And in this place, I will put my name. And in this place, I will put my presence. And in this place, because I have chosen it for you, and if you'll honor what I have chosen for you, my name will be there, my power will be there, my presence will be there, and I will come and fellowship with you in that place. Again, God has the power to do whatever he wants to do in any place that he wants to do it. But once he chooses a place for you, you've got to honor that place. And here's what happens. When Adam and Eve, he said, everything that's in this place is all yours. You can have it except for that tree right over there. In this place. Don't touch that tree in this place. Everything else you can have and touch and experience. So in touching that tree and eating the fruit of that tree, they dishonored the place by doing what they did. And God says, because you have dishonored this place that I have chosen for you, now I'm going to remove you from this place. The book of Proverbs says, as a bird wanders from its nest, so will it be from a man who wanders from his place. The message in that proverb is this, that when a bird lays its eggs, and those eggs and those little baby birds that are in those eggs represent that bird's future. But when the bird just wanders away from that nest, now from its place, now that which represents the future is about to be sacrificed because now all of these eggs are open to every prey that's in the region. That's what that proverb was saying. So is a man who wanders away from his place. Adam and Eve, when they walked away and dishonored the place that God chose for them and him to be together, they sacrificed their future. Why? Because now they're outside the place. And because they're outside the place that God chose from them, now when they give birth to their eggs, come on now, their children, their future, these children are now open to all the prey that's out here. It was the will of God and the attention of God for those children to be born in the place, not outside the place. But now that they're outside the place, they are open to everything. Come on now, violence, violence. Uh, sin runs rampant, and by the time Noah shows up, there is so much sin, there is so much violence, there is so much wickedness in the earth because one man and one woman <clears throat> did not honor the place that God chose for them. Are you following me? I feel you got you to pay attention to what I'm saying here. Today. This is powerful. This is a powerful principle that will change your life forever when you understand how God works. And so, when it says that Adam, excuse me, when Noah, now we're moving forward to the future where Noah is, God says, I want you to build this ark. It takes him 100 years to do it. He does everything that God tells him to do it. Now he said, I want you to take you and your family, and this ark, I choose to be your place. Mm, you're not going anywhere, you're going to get on this, your family's going to get on this and this will be your place. So they obeyed God. He obeyed God, got on there and when that place down went, nobody had no idea how long this was going to be. I'm sure after 21 days that they're starting to think, okay, this may be our new normal right here. This place right here on this boat, on this ark here, we're going to be here forever. And when it all came to an end, the Bible records that God remembered Noah. That, that phrase there in the Hebrew language does not mean that God had forgotten about Noah or that God had lost his ability to recollect things. <clears throat> it means that when it came, when the whole thing was done, it says that God remembered Begin to think about Noah, and all God was concerned about was, was Noah still in the same place? Come on now, that I told him to stay until I told him not to leave. So when he remembered, he went to check on Noah, yeah, oh, look, look, he's still in the same place. And because of that, this incredible blessing comes upon Noah and his family because he refused to leave the place that God chose for him. I'm talking about the power of a place. I'm talking about how your faith is tied to a place. Your faith is tied to God. It's tied to his word. But once he chooses a place for you, your faith is now attached to that place. And when you read about men of God and women of God, when they understood that they were in the right place, come on now, man, supernatural mm, begin to take, things begin to take place here. Look here at Genesis chapter 22. Genesis chapter 22, it says, it records this, these verses here that are powerful. Um, it says, after these events, God tested and proved Abraham and said to Abraham, now he said, here am I. And God said, take your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah and offer him as a sacrifice, an offering of worship um, upon one of the mountains of which I tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, Come on, took two of the young men and his son Isaac, split the wood for the burnt offering and began the trip to the place which God told him to go. I'm talking about the power of worshiping God in the place that he chose for you to be planted. Uh, Abraham could just go to any old mountain to worship God. He had to go to a specific place. He said, this is the place that I've chosen. Could God, God could have chose any place that he wanted to. God could have met Abraham any place. But once God says, this is the place that I'm going to meet you, this is the place that I've chosen for you to worship me with, this is the place that I've chosen for you to offer up a sacrifice of thanksgiving for this is the place that I'm asking you, to that which I have given to you and blessed you with, I want you to take it and I want you to use it as a gift, as an offering, as a worship unto me, and I want you to allow it to ascend unto me as a beautiful, sweet-smelling sacrifice of worship, of thanksgiving, of adoration, of love to me. If it doesn't cost you anything, it doesn't mean nothing to God. He wasn't wasn't asking him to bring, come on now, the other son from Hagar. In fact, God didn't even recognize him as Abraham's son. He said, you bring your one and only son, Isaac. As far as God concerned, all those other sons were not sons because they were not given to him by God. And so as he went to the place that God told him to worship, as he's moving up to the place, unbeknownst to Abraham, there is a ram that's coming up the other side of the mountain to the place. Listen to my heart here. Your blessing is tied to a place. Your provision is tied to a place. Your mate is tied to a place. Come on now. I told you our story. I'm telling you right now. Oh, my God. Everything that God wants to do in you, provision, blessing, come on, peace, peace. Joy, come on now, protection, all of that is tied to you being in the place that God chose for you and honoring that place because the ram, the provision, the blessing, come on, is coming to that place. The ram is not coming to your house. It's coming to the place that he chose for you to worship. And until you become faithful to the place that that God chose you to worship, oh my God! Everything else that's tied to that, because your faith, come on now, has one target, and what's that? Obedience. Obedience. That's all it is. Hebrews eleven six. Come on now, diligent obedience. Your faith is all about pleasing God through obedience. Come on, I am not here because of my resume. I am not here because of my bank account. I'm here right now in this place because God told me to be in this place, and I have found my protection in this place, my provision in this place, my blessing in this place. Every open door, every favor all come at a a mind-blowing level because I chose to obey God and come to this place. Right here, talking about the power of a place. That's why my faith, that's why, okay, I'm on to get ahead of myself. Go here to Genesis chapter 28. It says this here, <clears throat> yeah, talking about <clears throat> Jacob here now. Genesis 28, verse 11, it says, And Jacob came to a certain place, and he stayed there overnight. And because the sun was about to set, taking one of the stones of that place, he put it under his head and lay down to sleep in that place. And he dreamed that there was a ladder in that place set up on the earth and the top of it reached into the heavens and the angels of God were ascending and descending on that ladder in that place. No other place, only that place right there. Uh, and so, and then go with me down here to to verse uh, verse fifteen. It says, "Behold, I am with you. Come on now, and I will keep you. I am with you in this place. I will watch over you in this place. I will take care of you in this place. <clears throat> you, wherever you may go, and wherever you may go, I will bring you back to this place." For I will not leave you until I have done all that which I have told you. Speaking of what he spoke over his grandfather Abraham. And Jacob awoke out of this sleep and he said, Surely the Lord is in this place and I did not even know it. And he was afraid and he said, How reverenced is God to be reverenced in this place? This is none other than the house of God which now becomes the gateway to heaven. This place right here. Then he goes on to say in verse 20, and Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me in this place and keep me in this way that I will go, I will give and give me food in all the other places that I go to and clothes to wear or provide for me so that I may come again back to this place, For this is the place that my God has chosen for me. And this stone which I have set up as a pillar or a monument shall be God's house, a sacred place to me, and all of the increase of my possessions, I will give you a tithe to you in this place. So Jacob was asleep naturally, but he was also asleep spiritually Because he did not even know that he was in the place, come on now, where it was called the house of God. The dwelling place of God. A place that was a gateway into the realm of the Spirit. Come on now. Where Jacob's, well, we call it the Jacob's Ladder. Where God, angels are ascending and descending all the time right there. In John chapter 1, when he meets a man by the name of Nathaniel, he says, Look, there's no guile in this man right here. And Nathaniel's like blown away. Oh, my God. Man, this is truly the son of the living God. He says, Man. Man, you believe I'm the son of God? I'm the anointed one just because I gave you a word of knowledge? He said, you haven't seen nothing because, he said, you're going to see angels ascending and descending upon the son of man. He said, I'm Jacob's ladder. Come on now. I am personally Jacob's ladder. Everything that ascends out of heaven comes through me. And everything that ascends into heaven comes through me. I am the ladder. I am the place right there. And so he, we are living in a day in an hour where people are so spiritually asleep and they have no clue or understanding what I'm talking about here tonight, about the power of being at the right place at the right time and understanding that when you know that, there's a faith, there's a boldness, there's a confidence. And he said, man, if I, if I understand this is the place that you have chosen for me. But he understood I can't live in this place. This is the place you've chosen for me to worship. But I can't live in this place. It's not about the building. He said, but if I go from this place and I go to all the other places that I need to do and go to do life itself, and you blessed me in all of those other places, I will come back to this place, and I will worship you, and I will offer up thanksgiving, and I will bring my tithe, come on, of all of the increase that took place in all of the other places, because I honored this place that you chose for me. Ah, and now this place becomes the house of God for me. This becomes the, the place that God plants me. That's why you don't have the right to go to any old church you want to go to. You don't have the right to go to any old country you want to go to. Or any city you got, you got to know. You've got to understand your faith will never work like it needs to work. You'll always be wondering. There will always be confusion. There will always be this wavering like James is going back and forth. And he said, man, don't even begin to think that you're going to receive anything from God. You've got to move and flow with a knowing of the inside. Oh, my God. My, way, my faith is in God and in his word. But my faith is always and always will be tied to the place that I'm at because I know he chose this place. Place for me, oh, my God. And when I honor His choice, I honor Him. And when I honor Him, blessing begins to flow like never before. One more scripture. <clears throat> Let me see here. Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles. Chapter. I, if I if I can remember, I didn't mark it in this Bible here. Here we go. Second Chronicles chapter seven, verse twelve. This is Solomon and the Lord having a conversation. Now this is just after. Solomon has now finished building the temple that God asked him to build. And if you read chapter 6, you see that the power, the glory of God came down, and nobody could stand in the manifest, tangible presence of God, including 100 yards surrounding the temple. Everybody is on the ground, and they can't even get up. The power of God, I'm talking about the manifest, tangible, anointed presence of God that's in a place when God chooses that place for you to worship, and then you honor the place that he chose for you, there's a power, there's a manifestation, there's a blessing, there's a provision, there's a protection, there's everything you need in that place. And the Lord appeared to Solomon in that night and said to him, I have heard your prayer, Solomon, and I have chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice, if I shut up the heaven so the rain, if I command the locusts to come out, he says here in verse uh, 14, if my people, we all quote this verse, who are called by my name shall humble themselves, pray and seek me, and crave and require out of necessity my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will hear their land. Now my eyes will be open, and my ears will be attentive to their prayers that are offered in this place. For I have chosen this place. I have sanctified this place. I have set apart this place as a holy place. That This shall be my house. My name shall forever be in this place. My eyes and my heart shall be perpetually forever in this place. <sighs> One scripture goes on to talk about God speaks to his people. and He says, listen now, when I choose a place, I put my name in that place. When I choose a place for you to worship me, I put my name in that place. I put my power in that place. I put my presence in that place. I put my word in that place right there. And I bless that place for you to meet me in that place because that's the place that I have chosen for you and for me to meet in that place right there. And when you honor that place, He says to the children of Israel, he says even if there's a time in history when you find yourself taken away out of this place into another place like Babylon and you're in captivity, it says if you, in the King James, it says, if you just bethink that place, what it means is if you just, when you're in captivity, if you just think about the place that I intentionally and deliberately chose for you and for me, I will come to wherever you are and I will grab a hold of you and I will pick you up and I will bring you back to the place that I have chosen. We live in a day and an hour, everybody, because of the culture and everything, people, they have no idea concerning the power of a place. Jesus said, to his disciples, listen, I'm going to ascend into heaven. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, the promise of the Father, but he's only coming to one place. I've chosen a place. It's in Jerusalem in a particular building in this place called the upper room. That's the place. God could God could have poured out His Spirit any place. He could have done it any time, at any place that He wanted to. But He chose that place. So they didn't go to some other place. They didn't go to, well, this this would be more convenient and this would be, you know, kind of thing. This would be more conducive to what, we don't know when the Lord's going to show up, when this promise of the Father is going to show up, this power and presence of the Holy Spirit. We have no idea when that's going to happen kind of thing. And so they could have chose, but they, they didn't do that. God said, Jesus himself said, this is the place that I'm going to meet you. Now go to that place and stay in that place until... The promise of the Father comes. And they went to that place. And you know what? If you read your Bible carefully, you're going to find out that that message went to all 500 disciples that were following Jesus. But only 120 actually showed up in the place. 380 of them never showed up. And they missed out on what God had in store for them in that place. They experienced a moment. They experienced the experience of the experience (laughs) because they were in the right place at the right time. So important. Man, this this message is life-changing, like you said. Ah, uh, two and a half weeks ago, I'd never preached this message in my in 37 years of my life. This message will change your life. Know that you're in the right place. You're not here by accident. You're not here by coincidence. <clears throat> Man, my heart jumped, young lady, when I was talking to you before the service kind of thing. And she said, "Listen now." I said, "You know, you haven't been here in a little bit. You know, uh, everything good." And she goes, "Yeah, I've been, I've been, you know, I've been going to this particular church, in this particular town, kind of thing, and I've come to a, to realize that that's my place. Come on now. And man, there's a work that's being done in my life because I am making a choice to make because I've no, come to a place realize that God has chosen." this place for me to be on Sunday mornings to worship God. Come on now. Again, it's so powerful when Jacob says, now listen, whatever place, why well, you can't just choose any old church you go to. Again and listen, there's no such thing as a perfect church or a perfect Christian. You're going to be offended. I prophesy to you. You're going to be offended within a matter of weeks. Being there, kind of thing, and most likely it'll be the pastor who offends you. And if he doesn't offend you, you come see me, and I'll go. I'll, I'll offend you myself, kind of thing. <laughs> I said. I said. I, I said uh, last time that uh, that scripture that I read that Jacob saddled his saddled his donkey, and the came. James it says he saddled his ass. I changed the words because I don't want to offend anybody, but I like to, I like to say that because my, my dad told me years ago, he says, he asked me the question, he said, what stretches further, rubber or skin? And I, I said rubber, and he said, no, son, it's skin. I said, how is that possible? He said, because the Bible says that the prophet of God tied his ass to a tree and walked 20 miles. Come on now. So I love I love reading cuz I, I I chuckle every time I read that that, that Jacob I just didn't, I don't know I'm just kind of crazy but uh Jacob saddled his ass and then he he went on his way kind of thing and I was like man what how do you, how do you put a saddle on anyway and they had um but oh, but I uh, I changed the word so cuz sometimes people get offended when you use that word so if I have so I'm just kind of doing that at the end here so maybe I can offend somebody here and uh just to kind of get the ball rolling in your life kind of thing. But the the reality is you're going to be offended. Jesus promised it. He guaranteed it. He prophesied it. He said it's impossible to go through life without being offended. In fact, I just want to say this. Jesus prophesied in Matthew 24 that in the day that we're living in right now, he said there's going to be a great falling away from the kingdom of God because of the spirit of lawlessness and because of the spirit of iniquity, and because of the spirit of unforgiveness. He said the love of many, that word love there is the word agape love. Only believers can experience the agape love. So he's not talking about unbelievers. He's saying the love of many, when he says that phrase, he's talking about believers in the kingdom of God will wax cold. And they will turn their back on me and their brothers and sisters and even family members in these last days because of the spirit of unforgiveness. It's going to run, that is running rampant. And we're seeing that happen at all kinds of levels. So I want to encourage you here tonight. Man, guard your heart. Man, just know. All you got to know is, man, I serve a God who has chosen a place for me to be, and this is the place right here. This is the place right here. And I'm not going to move out of this place. I'm not going to go from this place. I don't care how many discouragements come my way. Listen, if you're trying to break into, into the industry kind of thing, there's going to be all kinds. There's going to be years of disappointment, years. But I want to encourage you, don't give up. You're, you're all extremely, I mean, all of you in this room are just over-the-top, crazy, talented, gifted. You have genuine calls of God. Come on now. And God does not revoke any call. Doesn't never. Once he gives you a call, once he calls you to a place right there, uh, right there, calls you to that place, you got to honor his choice, his place. And in doing that, you bring pleasure to his heart and rewards start flowing your way. Again, Hebrews eleven six, 6, God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek after him and bring pleasure to his heart through obedience. And so I'm not talking about being at the right store. I'm talking about being in the right ministry, tied to the right place, because all of the blessing of God is tied, that God has for you is tied to that place. Just lift your hands to the Lord. Father, we just come to you in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord God, for your blessing. We thank you, Lord God, for your anointing. We thank you for your word tonight. I thank you, Lord God. I felt your anointing tonight as I released your prophetic word over your people here tonight. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you. I thank you, Lord God, that this word even here tonight has been a word of affirmation and a word of confirmation, Lord God, Father, concerning the place that you have put them in, Lord God, Father. I know the enemy always tries to uproot us out of the place that you have planted us by doing things and lying to us and bringing false accusations and and using the veiled voice of accusation and all of that kind of stuff and and trying to wound us and stuff like that to get us to go on and move on to another place, thinking that we can just go to some other place and that everything's going to be okay, when the reality, unless God told you to get up and leave that place, it's not going to be okay because your healing is in that place. Your deliverance is in that place. Your provision is in that place. Your protection is in that place. Your future is in that place. Come on, now, the future of your children are in that place. Even your mate is in that place. Being at the right place, even when it totally goes counterintuitive to your way of thinking or understanding, I'm telling you right now, when you obey God, there's something absolutely supernatural that's being released because now you're moving at a whole another level of faith and it brings absolute beautiful pleasure to God's life in the name of Jesus we thank you lord god father we thank we thank father I pray for this couple right here i don't know i don't know who you guys are i think this you like I, I think this is your first time here father can, sweetheart can you come around and lay your hands right on this precious lady here we thank you father for this Man of God here, Lord God, and this woman of God, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you. We just release your blessing over their lives in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord God. I don't know how you ended up here tonight in this place, but I hear the Holy Spirit saying that this, even this word here tonight is really a word from the Lord for you too tonight in this, in this place here. And I just want to say that you're in the right place at the right time. You're in the right city and you're in the right country and you're with the right family here tonight in the name of Jesus. And I feel, as I said, as I'm saying, that I feel a very strong presence of God rising up out of my spirit. In fact, I'm feeling just absolute, uh, the, the anointing. It, it manifested in my right hand through like electricity in the name of Jesus. I feel the electric power of God flowing through right now into both of you tonight in the name of Jesus right there. We thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God Father. I thank you, Lord, that you have, Lord God, that this couple here right now is is Lord God Father has chosen, Lord God, to sacrifice. This couple has chosen to get up, Lord God, Father, and come to this place, Lord God, Father. Lord seeking, Lord, looking for. Even as Abraham, Lord God, you 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 said to them, I got a place for you. Get up and start moving. Start walking by faith in the name of Jesus, and I'll lead and guide and direct you to the place that I have planned for you Uh, in the name of a place that I've built for you, a place that I've ordained for you. And I thank you right now. I just hear the Holy Spirit. I me to confirm and to encourage you guys that you are moving in the right direction in the name of Jesus, that you are doing that which God has called you to do. You've taken a step of faith. Even being here tonight was an act of faith, being in this place and even in this city, even at this time in the name of Jesus right there, we thank you, Lord God. And this word that's come tonight in the, is, is actually confirming everything that God is uh, do, has been doing in your heart in the name of Jesus, right there. And I, so I just wanted to say to you that you are definitely moving in the right direction. You are moving to the right place in the name of Jesus. And there is provision, protection. I'm not trying to say it's gonna be easy. I'm not trying to say that it's all gonna be just, um, just super easy. I'm telling you right now, there's always gonna be challenges There's always going to be resistance because the enemy doesn't want you to to go to where God wants you to go and stay where God wants you to stay and to be everything that God wants you to be in the name of Jesus. But I thank you, Lord God, for this precious man of God and woman of God right here in the name of Jesus that you have ordered their steps. You have been busy ordering up their steps, and they've been busy following your steps. Oh, there it is again. I felt another wave of God's anointing coming all over you in the name of Jesus. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Spirit right there in the name of Jesus. So I thank you, Lord God, Father. Ooh, in the name of Jesus, you're going to see, you're going to see. Not only this is, even this tonight comes as just kind of an affirming and confirming just word from the Lord to you guys, but I hear the Lord saying that before the whole this whole experience is done, that there is going to be. There is going to be, there's going to be others that are going to come along. There's going to be other experiences. There's going to be circumstances that God is going to orchestrate, and there's going to be other moments where you're going to meet some people where they are going to speak words that are going to literally penetrate your heart, and they're going to let you know that that this is the right decision that you have made for the future of your lives in the name of Jesus. So I thank you, Lord God. I bless, Lord God, this this wonderful man of God and woman of God tonight now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. I bless everything you're doing in and through and for them tonight now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you. And I just stir every gift, every calling, every anointing up on the inside of both of you now. In the name, I just, because I was just going to walk when I heard the Holy Spirit. Tell him, tell them that the giftings of God and the calling of God upon their life, because this is a call. 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 Just like the Apostle Paul received the call, the Macedonian call. He said, he heard, he, he said, come on over here. Come over to this country right here. Come on over to this country, and uh, if you'll come to this place right here, and when Paul got to that place, come on now, man, blessing, man, provision, supernatural stuff began to take place uh, on his way, because he was actually on his way to another country called Ephesus, and when he got there, he said, an effectual wide-open door opened up to me of absolute blessing tied to the call of God. Shh. And even though he was obedient to go through Macedonia on his way to Ephesus, he, he got there at the right time, and he was in the right place for the right moment to experience everything that God had ordained him to experience tied to the call of God upon his life. And so I speak to the gift and the call and the anointings and graces that are upon both of you tonight now in the name of Jesus. And I hear the Holy Spirit saying, you're going to watch. Because there was a moment in your life, and there is a moment in your life where these giftings functioned at a higher level than they are right now. But God says, as you step into the place that I've ordained for you, you're going to see my gift, my, my calling upon your life, my anointing, my grace that's upon you. It's going to begin to rise up out of both of you strong, and it's going to function at a level of power and anointing that you have never experienced before up until this time with your journey with the Lord Jesus Christ. This is a brand new day. This is a brand new hour. This is a brand new season for both of you in the name of Jesus right there. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for doing that. So, Father, we pray. We thank you, Lord God. I just decree, Lord God, for the blessing. I thank you, Lord God, for everything. I bless everything you're doing in them and through them and for them now. In Jesus' name, hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. We bless you, Lord God. I just want to, because you you said that to me earlier tonight. I just want to just bless you tonight, Father. Thank you. Grab my hands, Peter. In the Father, thank you, Lord God. I, I just hear the Lord says you you step into this 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 church, this this place that you believe God has planted to you and, and has called this your place. As you go there on Sunday mornings and you worship God, I'm telling you right there, there's going to be blessing. There's going to be a revelation. There's going to be strength there. There's going to be protection there. There's going to be, uh, I'm telling you right now, there is a, there's a number of things that are tied to your future, woman of God, that are in that place. So you, I just want to affirm and confirm tonight now in the name of Jesus that you're in the right place at the right time. And you have brought great pleasure to the heart of God. And there's a great reward in store for you in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your word tonight. Woo, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Man, I just feel the presence of the It's hard to, to kind of shut things down when I just feel just lift your hands one more time. I just felt that a wave of God's Spirit just would blow right through this place. I don't say that to be spooky or mystical or anything. I say that to, with the purpose of hopefully helping us to understand when, when there's the, there's waves of God's Spirit, when God is doing something, when there's something moving in the atmosphere. I, I'm in the name of Jesus. Not only do I feel it in my spirit, I feel it physically. I literally physically feel The wind of God's spirit moving through the atmosphere in the name of Jesus. So, Father, we thank you, Lord. God, we just release the fresh wind of God over every one of us here tonight. Come on, just lift your hands to the Lord. Lift them high to the Lord right now. Give the name of some of you came into this place weary. Come on, some came in discouraged. Some came in just kind of wondering and guessing and just kind of confused even. And I hear the Holy Spirit, let the wind of God's Spirit just blow over you tonight now. In the name of Jesus, blow, blow, fresh. We release the fresh wind of God's Holy Spirit's presence over you tonight now. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, may there be a supernatural impartation of fresh faith. Into your spirit man. now, in the name of Jesus, may there be restored strength that comes to your soul now. In the name of Jesus, may there be restored strength that comes to your bodies now. In the name of Jesus right there, we thank you, Lord God. We thank you, Holy Spirit, right there. We thank you, Lord God. We bless you. We bless you. We bless you. We give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor for everything that you're doing in and through and for us tonight. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. Oh, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. Oh, we bless you. We bless you. We bless you, Lord God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I know it's late, but I just I just feel the Holy Spirit just there's. Listen, I've been praying. God gave me and me and Sue just an incredible word from the Lord about this place right here. Last week at that conference, for some, from some, 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 a couple of people that have an absolutely huge prophetic platform and have been doing the prophetic ministry for literally decades. Very seasoned prophetic voices. And they gave us a prophetic word about this place right here. Thank you, Lord God. Did you know that this place is only about three blocks from the original Azuzu Street outpouring in 1906? We're just about three blocks away. We could walk over there tonight if we wanted to. But I just I just feel, I just know in my spirit that God wants to pour out. This just want to release this an absolute right here come on now, right here in this place, right here in this place, right here in in this, right here, we're like, what, six, seven miles from Hollywood, right here in the Art District, right here in L.A., right here in Southern California, just release another supernatural outpouring of the Holy Spirit that literally moves from this place and literally sweeps through states and nations for the glory and for the honor of God in this place. That's why I just took some time to tell Walk around this place to walk up and down the streets, just praying in the spirit in the name of Jesus because I'm more convinced now than ever before that this is the place. That God wants to do something absolutely, just absolutely revolutionary in the name of Jesus in this time and in this season of our lives. We're not here by accident. We're not here by coincidence. You're not here by accident. You're not here by, you're not connected to this ministry. Come on now. By accident or coincidence, God has ordained your steps to be connected. Come on now and to be a part of this place. I want you to hear that. Because when you know that, there's a level of faith and confidence that my blessing is in this place. My provision is in this place. My, My mate, my future, everything that I'm looking for is in the place that God chose for me to be. So I thank you, Lord. We look to you now tonight. We thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you for this place. We thank you, Lord God, Father. Doesn't have to. It might not look pretty this place, but it's His place that He has chosen for us. So we thank you. We honor you in this place. We glorify you in this place. We. I know that we can honor you and glorify you in any place that we're at. But I. But when we know that there's a place that you have chosen for whatever reason, we don't need to know, but because you just wanted to be. To have this place for us. We just thank you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for what you're doing and for what you're about to do in this place and in this place. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah.